Disclaimer. Please check your playback settings. Ensure you are listening to this podcast at normal speed. Unless you want us to sound drunk. Then play at half speed. Thank you. Holy shit, that was fun. Like, really fun. Yeah, it was. Dude, your last lap was way better than mine. Dude, yeah, I, I, I did do good on that one, but your best lap beat my best lap by a lot. Oh, please. By, like, half a second. Guys, guys, sorry. Chief was really busting my balls about getting that uh, superhero guest. Why are you always running late? Um, yeah, anyways, uh... Huh. I'm just, uh, I'm just glad I didn't miss it. I'm really glad we decided to treat ourselves to this. I know, right? I never thought I'd get a chance to drive a NASCAR car. I'm just glad you paid. He has a, wait, what? Nothing. Nothing. Anywho, Nigel, you're just in time for your turn on the track. Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't want to miss it. Hey, um, Dan, did... You, you went through the beginner course that you're supposed to take before actually getting in the car, right? <laughs> My dad was a mechanic. I know what I'm doing, John. Mostly. Yeah, um, before you get going, I, I think you got to pull that lever right there. Um... Excuse me, Tom? Excuse me, Tom? I think I know more than you about NASCAR. What do you know about stock car racing? Well, watched it on television, of course. You've seen it on television. Yep, ESPN. Coverage is excellent. You'd be surprised how much you can pick up. I'm sure I would. Now, watch this. <laughs> oh, I don't think it's supposed to smoke like that. I don't think black smoke is good. <laughs> what did you do? <coughs> okay, uh, this isn't like the TV. You know, <coughs> maybe we should just get back to getting that superhero guest spot figured out. <clears throat> Can't we watch a movie first? <coughs> yeah, we should leave like now. Yeah, well, let's watch a movie, guys. We're taking Jimmy Stewart to the shootest, John Wayne to True Grit, Robert Duvall to Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise to The Mummy, Russell Crowe to The Quick and the Dead, Gene Hackman to Superman. Fly into the hero's journey with Tom, Dan, and Josh, and race faster than a speeding bullet towards the superhero films of superhero films. Superman! You will believe that a fire pit can fly! Good evening, Boston listeners, and welcome to another thrilling episode of The Fire Pit. I'm Josh, hero name numbers, and tonight, The Fire Pit finally, finally returns to a movie made after all of us were born. We are moving to a movie much much more recent than the previous five weeks. A 30-year-old movie. And as per the rules, we've taken an actor or actress from our last film and moved them on to this one. Now, to tell us who we're watching and what we're watching, I'll send things over to Tom. Did you like my dramatic pause? It was, wow, that was, oof, 
And thank you, everyone else, for joining us this evening. I'm Funny Bone, secret identity Tom. And last week, we watched John Wayne and Glenn Campbell hunt Robert Duvall. And tonight, we're going to watch Robert Duvall and Tom Cruise chase championship gold in stock car racing in the 1990s Days of Thunder. Vroom! Starring the aforementioned Robert Duvall and Tom Cruise. It also stars... Other repeats from this podcast, such as Dead Calms, Nicole Kidman, Independence Day's Randy Quaid, along with Carrie Ules and Michael Rooker. Is it pronounced Ules or Elwes? Uh, I think it's definitely like Ules or Els or something, but it's not Elwes. I know for a okay. fact it's not Elwes. I'm going to go with Ules. Carrie Ules. But to give us a proper rundown and hopefully better pronunciation than me, I will shoot things over to our Enforcer. Thank you, Tom. I'm Dan, hero name Enforcer, because it's scary. And yes, tonight we are watching Days of Thunder, or Top Gun, but racing. Seriously, it was marketed this way. Um, and the time the movie came out, uh, we were only about four years removed from Tom Cruise's biggest hit. This movie was released on June 27th, 1990, so it was a summer hit. Uh, running time of 108 minutes, budget of 55 million. Feels good to finally have a movie where I could find the budget again without going through six pages of Google searches. And a box office of 157.9 million. So a pretty good success. As far as money goes, uh, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 38%. Oof. And an IMDb of 6 out of 10, which I feel the Rotten Tomato score is a little unfair because this movie's not that bad. But anyways, it's funny, though, this movie is almost universally hated among serious racing enthusiasts, especially NASCAR fans, with uh, several famous drivers that were invited to the premiere in 1990 walking out about halfway through it, which was funny because a lot of those same drivers that were invited to the premiere were consultants on the movie, and they walked out of the movie halfway through it on <laughs> premiere night. Kind of funny. Wait, um, we made this? Yeah, oh. yeah. We uh, were, our hands are dirty. We're, <laughs> we're accomplices in a crime. Yeah, famous NASCAR legend Richard Petty. And for those who don't follow NASCAR or NASCAR racing, Richard Petty is to NASCAR what Babe Ruth is to baseball. Like, he's one of those pillars of the sport. So, anyways, uh, Richard Petty said uh, at, when the movie came out that the only thing the movie gets right are two things. The cars have numbers on them, and they go really fast. And that's about it. That's what he said. That's the only thing the movie gets in common with the actual NASCAR. Hey, That's Richard it. Petty, everybody in IT would like to have a word with you because you know how accurately computers are done on screen. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. As as the three of us are all IT computer geeks, um, we can attest that watching two people share a keyboard so that they can hack the hackers is uh, quite awesome. So, or or being or creating a virus because it was 3D implanted on a. 3D printed or carved on a bone. Yeah, yeah, that's like awesome. Yeah, yeah we at least were work. man enough to finish watching what we start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of um, people who don't always portray things accurately, this would be Tom Cruise's last action film for a while uh, until 1996's Mission Impossible. After this movie, he would move on to do mostly dramas and thrillers like Far and Away, A Few Good Men, The Firm, and Interview with the Vampire. And uh, there's this misconception that this movie caused a slight slump in Tom Cruise's career, but that's actually not true. All of those movies, his performance was praised, and all of those movies except for Far and Away were box office successes. 
but his performance in Far and Away is actually not, I wouldn't say praised, like not like A Few Good Men or The Firm was, but he's pretty good in Far and Away, even though the movie's boring as hell. But this did not cause a slump in his career. The reason why people think this caused a slump in his career is because if you just watch Tom Cruise in action films or the movies he did before this when he was doing like Top Gun, Cocktail, The Color of Money, he was doing like those types of movies where like he, he's playing this like cocky kid, so to speak. He was still kind of quote unquote a kid in those movies. And then he started to move towards older roles after days of thunder Mm -hmm. that's why some people think that this caused a slump in his career it didn't it just he started making different types of movies and to add to that too some of those films like um the rain man cocktail born on the fourth of july came before days of thunder so he was already inching towards like oscar worthy fare and moving away from the action Mm -hmm. film so rain man that was 88 wasn't it um yeah that was 88 and two years that was probably like yeah, so like two years before this one was released. So we probably filmed this one the year before. Did he come out with anything in 89? Uh, uh, Born of the Fourth of July came out in 89. Yeah. That's, uh, okay. that's another, I think, I don't, I'd have to double check, but I think he was at least considered for the Oscar nom on that one. That was when he was just like saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get me that Oscar, guys. So I'm yeah. Just a, yeah, so I, you're, you're right, Nigel. And looking at the films after Days of Thunder, no, no, this guy was not hurting at all. Everything else that followed after this film was pretty damn good. Yeah, I had to look that up because uh, I was talking to a a co-worker about, like, he was asking what what movie we're doing this week. And I said, oh, we're doing Days of Thunder. And he goes, oh, the movie that almost killed Tom Cruise. And I'm like, huh? And I thought he was going to tell me a story like maybe Tom Cruise got in a car accident during the filming of this movie. I'm like, no. He was talking about his career was killed after Days of Thunder. And I was like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, he just did a few good men two years later, and that was like huge. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Everyone knows a few good men. I want the truth. You can handle the truth, even though that's like the end of the movie. But that's like he's really good in that movie. That's yeah, a really uh, good movie. I would love to get yeah. to that movie someday. Yeah, a few good men, and then the next year, the firm. Then interview with the, yeah. I mean, shit. This, the '90s was good for him. Yeah, and then if you look even after interview with the vampire, then he does Mission Impossible. People like that movie. He does Jerry Maguire. People didn't like he win that the actor, or didn't he win? A, no, Cuba Gooding Jr. won the Oscar yeah. for that one. You can make a oh, case he? that he hit a slump after Jerry Maguire. After Jerry Maguire, he he does Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia, Mission Impossible Two, and Vanilla Sky. Like all of those movies, no one really likes them. And Mission Impossible Two is definitely regarded as the worst of the Mission Impossible yeah, movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then he but bounces then- back with Minority Report after that yeah. he does you know so tom cruise has had a slump or two in his career but he's mostly been money and he's, he's mostly... definitely he's no nick cage <laughs> no, he doesn't, no, he's not nick cage who if i had to go through his imdb you, you know you scroll for like three pages on nick cage's imdb just in 1999 yeah he doesn't say yes to every role but i mean tom cruise has had some slumps and he's had he's made some stinkers of movies i mean you know you don't have a career for as long as he does and not i'm just saying that for the misconception that tom cruise hit a slump after days of thunder no he did not oh and uh real quick i wanted to get to the box office of that particular week but uh it's pronounced elwis carrie elwis 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 so respond uh apologies to carrie elwis we actually really like you because we like robin hood men in tights and i don't think anyone doesn't like princess bride and if you don't mm-hmm. like princess bride i think the problem's with you and not the movie <laughs> yes yeah, not you carrie elwis but you as in the person who doesn't like princess bride but yes it was interesting okay the days of thunder premiered number one it's weekend of release 
Number five was another 48 Hours, which was the Eddie Murphy sequel to 48 Hours. Yes. And then number four was Total Recall. Number three was RoboCop 2. Number two was Dick Tracy. And then at number one was Days of Thunder. So it premiered number one, and it made $5 million more than uh, the number two, $15 million to $10 million. But also in the theater at the time was Gremlins 2, Pretty Woman, and Back to the Future Part 3. So not exactly the most contentious box office, but still not bad. Not bad yeah, at I mean, all. There was, there was good movies that weekend. I mean, Pretty Woman was on its 15th week of release. Mm-hmm. Total Recall was on its fifth week of release. So it's like there was it wasn't a very competitive box office, that's for sure. I mean, anybody who's anybody knows that RoboCop 2 was not as good as the original. Total Recall was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen the 48-hour series. Oh, and I do need to f- say this. There was another epic movie that was released on uh, that weekend. Ghost Dad. Oh! <laughs> Bill Cosby classic. Ghost Dad. I think that got like a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which yeah. ranks right up there with his other classic, Leonard Part 6. Days of Thunder beat out Ghost Dad. Wow. Yeah, how Ghost Dad didn't break into the top five, just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I've seen that movie, and I felt like killing myself. So. <laughs> I think most people that did, that's why you've never met anybody who's seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or seen it all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I had to stop before the suicidal thoughts overtook me. Sorry, I've derailed us a bit. Nigel, mm-hmm. I believe you have the floor. I do not, actually. Um, I want to know what Josh's expectations are for this film. Ah, uh, my expectations. Thank you for that segue, Nigel. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, I've seen this movie a few times. Um, I think it was actually one... No, it wasn't my first introduction to Carrie Elwes. It was definitely Robin Hood Men in Tights. No, I do remember him from this movie. I, I did enjoy this movie growing up. It's been years since I've seen it. I know I've seen it on uh, Netflix a few times. I've seen it on Netflix. I didn't actually watch it. It's like every time I want to watch it, I start watching it and I get to like the first five minutes of the movie. And I'm like, I don't feel like watching this movie. And then I stop watching it. That's happened to me. Like I've had like three or four false starts for this movie. So like in the past five years, but it's been probably five, six years or more since I've seen this movie. I did enjoy it when I was younger. But yeah, I'd say my expectations tonight. Well, I'm hoping to kind of reintroduce myself to it and look at it more objectively. And try not to watch it through that lens of nostalgia that, you know, we so commonly do mm-hmm. to bad movies. So, because I'm honestly expecting the movie to be, to not live up to my nostalgic expectations. The bar's not super high for me tonight. So, Tom, what about you? What are you hoping to get out of this one? Have you seen this movie? I absolutely have not seen this movie. Surprisingly enough, I think uh, it's been on TV a few times, but yeah, never had been. Well, I should qualify. I technically have seen some of the racing stuff there was that ride at king's island you know where you sit in the chair and like they move the chair around as the action scenes are going on and everything else the need for speed right so i have seen probably all of the racing scenes in this movie but i have never seen the film itself so i'm going in blind no nostalgia no preconceptions or misconceptions which is going to either be a good thing or a bad thing, uh, depending on how this film goes. I'm expecting this to be kind of an Aquaman sort of situation for me, where it's going to be a bad film, but one I'm enjoying. At least that's my hope for this. You know me, I like to dig into like the actors and people who made this. It's directed by Tony Scott, who did Top Gun. We also did uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2 and Crimson Tide. 
Uh, so great directing screenplay by Robert Town, who I thought wrote Top Gun, but didn't. But he did write Chinatown and Bonnie and Clyde and eventually wrote Mission Impossible and The Firm. So solid writing. And let's not kid ourselves. Robert Duvall is in this film and he stole the show from True Grit. He's our connector. And when I was looking this up, everyone said this film sucked. But Robert Duvall, holy shit. No, I got that. We've got Robert Duvall. So we can have the worst case scenario. I'm going to like him. So that's my stuff there. Cautious optimism. But Nigel, what about you, my sir? Well, I'll just preface this by saying that um, it's a bad film, but Robert Duvall was awesome. Was also said about Deep Impact. So I'm just, I'm just going to leave that out there. <laughs> Thanks for quashing my hopes, Nigel. Well, I'll say this, though. I have seen this movie, and I've actually seen it rather recently. Um, it's one of my guilty pleasure movies, and I don't mean that because it's a bad movie. It's so bad it's good. I actually enjoy this film for the same reasons why I enjoy Top Gun. I mean, it's almost the same movie, except it's race cars. Like, I'll talk about it on my final thoughts, but this movie has some of the same story beats that Top Gun has. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I just enjoy this movie. It's a. I, I was saying earlier before we started recording, Tom, that this is a fun, cheesy Tom Cruise movie. It's not a bad, cheesy Tom Cruise movie, you know? So I enjoy it. Um, I think he's got good chemistry on screen with um, Nicole Kidman. I think he's got great chemistry on screen with Robert Duvall. They play off each other really well in this movie. So I'm just looking forward to seeing it again. And I'm looking forward to seeing it with you guys. That's my big expectation. I kind of want to watch this movie with you guys because... I like it. It's a fun movie. It's a fun 1990s kind of film. It's definitely a product of its time. But um, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just looking forward to actually watching a fun movie. The last five weeks, we've watched really depressing films. <laughs> Maybe with the exception of old movies, but they were all <laughs> like sad endings. Like Cool Hand Luke, Depression, Flight of the Phoenix. A lot of them died. <laughs> so still kind of depressing. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I mean, it was kind of an upbeat ending in that Mr. Smith, I guess, won. We don't know. He's probably still in a coma. The shootist was sad and depressing. True Grit last week was sad and depressing. Depressing for different reasons. Well, I'm just saying, like, like even if you like True Grit, and I loved that movie, I recognize that it's a slow-paced film that doesn't have the downer ending the remake does, but True Grit still has, like, it's really slow freaking movie that's depressing at the end i'm just looking forward to a movie where it's fun and it's crashing race cars and still having fun and nicole kidman 90s nicole kidman who's hot you know like she was like smoking hot in the 90s and tom cruise was also smoking hot in the 90s although he hasn't aged so <laughs> that blood pack from tom Cru from top gun that yeah, we talked so about before Maybe that's my expectation. I just want to have fun tonight. The last five weeks have just been really slow and depressing movies. And it's been a slow and depressing time in America right now and all over the world, really. And I just want to have some fun. Let's 108 <laughs> minutes of fun. Mm -hmm. That's what this movie is. We are coming off of Thanksgiving, so it's fitting that we should watch a turkey. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Thanksgiving is a lot of fun because, I mean, you get to play all kinds of fun, you know, games with your family or your mm -hmm. friends. Yes, I think I see where you're going with this, Josh. Great segue. And speaking of games, fellas, I have one for us because, as you know, I won the quiz last time. 
Oh shit, Wait. that's not what I was talking about at all. I thought we were going to lead into the other part. Yeah, I thought we were going to watch a movie. Yeah. yeah well, oh, we... Tom didn't get the memo. Tom, we're not doing quiz anymore. Yeah, we canceled it this week. Yeah, we oh. canceled it. Oh no, 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 no. You are hashtag, not denying me this. Canceled. Hashtag canceled. No, I averted another streak of losing. I am not going to be denied this. Like real Thanksgiving, you are going to sit down and you are going to enjoy this mandatory fun. So this quiz is, of course, the standard one, the Tom variety of this. I have gone through IMDb meticulously and picked out user reviews. One to ten star. And I will be telling you guys either the review itself or the title of the review and you have to guess whether they gave it one to ten stars whoever gets it closest wins the point whoever gets it on the money gets two points person with the most points after five wins and there will be tiebreakers if there needs to be are there any questions uh i have too bad because oh, it's my turn to ask questions. <laughs> so in this Thanksgiving scenario, is Tom the creepy or racist uncle? Both. Okay. It depends on the uh, review I give. Also, fuck both of you. Okay, so the... Creepy per- uncle. Okay, review number one. This one comes from a username Ill Behavior, who says, The film is so bad, it made Nicole Kidman fall in love with Tom Cruise. I will go with Nigel first. Can you read it again, please? Uh, The film is so bad, it made Nicole Kidman fall in love with Tom Cruise. Three out of ten. Josh? I'm going to go two out of ten. Josh gets the point. It is a one-star review. Nice. That was my guess, was one. I could have seen it being a two-star review. No, 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 that was a fair point. That was a good instinct on your part. Uh, So next one comes from... Thomas Edison, who has figured out how to access Wi-Fi from beyond the grave, you know, master of electricity that he is, who so says... still that from? <laughs> Zeus. But <Sorry>. he's... <laughs> Thank you. Who says, NASCAR and producers, if you want a blueprint for your next movie, look at Days of Thunder and do everything differently. Josh? <laughs> I'm going to go four out of ten. No, wait, three out of ten. I'm going to go three out of ten. All right, Nigel? Uh, two out of ten. On the money with Dan, that is a two-star review. Badoosh. Good job, Dan. Good job, Dan. Thank you. Okay, so I think I'll go with this one. This one's from JTF South, who says, I originally saw this movie when it came out in 1986 under its original title, Top Gun. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm going to say five out of ten. Josh? I'm going to go six out of ten. Not to just price is right, Dan, but I genuinely think it's a six out of ten. Well, Josh, you were hoisted by your petard because that was also a five-star review. Dan gets the double points of that one, too. Damn, Dan. I know, right? Did did you talk before? (laughs) No, nah, man, Dan's on it. He knows the audience for this film. Yeah. And also so he's, he's reverse Tomming it. Kind of, yes. Maybe. All I know is I'm winning and you're losing, so. And that's all that matters. And so I think I'm going to go with, you know, I think we've seen this 
person's review. I, I definitely have recognized this name. This one's from Mr. Fusion. Um, actually, no, I think I'm going to go with the one from Eamon101, who is also another person I think we've had some reviews on in the past, who says, I think the only thing they got right in this movie is that the cars go fast. Other than that, they were completely off track, pun intended. And Josh, I think you have this one. I'm going to go four out of ten. I am going to go three out of ten. No, yes, three out of ten. And this time, Josh got the double point, because that is a four-star review. What? What? Uh, That puts Josh within striking distance of Dan. Will this be a come-from-behind victory? We can only expect, because this last review comes from Rockford333, who says... Tom Cruise is convincing in his driving incompetence. <laughs> this guy's full of shit. Tom, read it again. Tom Cruise's incompetence in driving. Tom Cruise is convincing in his driving incompetence. Three out of ten. Josh. All of your reviews have been negative so far. Because I want to say like a four-star review. And I'm probably going to kick myself after I do this. But I'm actually going to say a six-star review. Well, strap on the boots, Josh, because this was a one-star review. Damn. And Nigel saving us Nigel. all from, from another Josh quiz <laughs> next week. And making us <laughs> suffer with a Dan quiz. <laughs> no matter who won, we were all going to lose. All right, so just for that comment, next week's quiz is going to be, Tom, you get multiple choice questions. Josh, you get essay. Fair enough. Oh, what? Did you want me to fight over it? Because I know you're going to bullshit me and not do any of that. Liar. (laughs) You're a liar. I'm calling you on your bluff. Sounds like a challenge. See, I've learned from public school that all I have to do is go A-T-A-T-A-B-A, and I will totally pass this test. So, Nigel, I support this. You know, actually, I have to admit, when I was in the lead in last week's trivia, I was thinking that I was going to steal Josh's idea, kind of. And I was either going to read a review from Top Gun or read a review from Days of Thunder, and you guys had to guess which one it was. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been very good. <laughs> because, yes, this this movie obviously yeah, marketed Days of Thunder, but race cars. Just make God, sure every review said, like, Tom Cruise in it. <laughs> well, this, this is awesome, then. I got, like, four different Mummy movies to pull from next week. Dude, oh, God. Oh, yeah, you could do it from the original or the remake. Yeah, or... the Boris Karloff, the Brandon Frazier. The... Oh, yeah, yeah, I got like four mummy movies. Oh, God, I've got some homework to do for the next quiz. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All righty then. Uh, well, but again, Nigel, congratulations. Well done, Josh. Next time. Hey, hey, I, I, I did fairly good. But you know what I get to do this week? What's that, Josh? Tom, play the music. Accelerating episode of the Fire Pit. I am, as always, your interspersal host, editor, and driver, Tom. Ooh, and oh boy, this ain't nothing like ESPN. Woo-hoo-hoo. Well, we've meandered, we've trotted, and now we're racing our way along, flying into the hero's journey. <laughs> oh boy, and speaking of heroes, Let's see how our team is handling the hunt for theirs! Oh, watch out, you son of a bitch! Alright guys, how we doing? I just finished my fifth two liter of Diet Gamer Fuel. I'm moving on to Dayquil. Really have to peek. 
Chemicals Gone Wrong, a classic. Also, no time for bathroom breaks. Tom? I got a line on some primo radiation lamp therapy. Also, a spider went under my shirt and is getting a taste for my sunburns. As an arachnophobic, this is my hell. Radioactive bug bites. Good soldier. Now, guy at the drive-thru hooked us up with some super magic meteorites. Possibly magical. Probably radioactive. 100% guaranteed. Guaranteed to what? Exactly. In the meantime, I've managed to use my amazing skills in science to craft up this mobile armor. <laughs> You're really taking this numbers thing seriously, aren't you? Where did you get the materials for this? Well, some I got online using Rob's custom PCs. The rest I repurposed from that NASCAR we were driving earlier. You know, Dan, the one you ruined? Yeah, wasn't that car a rental? We made sure to use your card. You'll be fine. Oh, well that's, wait, what? Ow! Oh, there, no, there's the biting. Oh, God, the biting. Something wrong there, Josh? Well, it seems that the battery runs out of charge after about five to seven steps. I'm going to need one of you guys to attach an extension cord so I can walk back to the studio. I would really appreciate it. Absolutely not. I am literally one gigantic sunburn right now. God damn it, Tom. All right, I guess back to the drawing board. Let's head back to the studio and we'll get something else figured out. Um, could one of you guys help me move? My burns and bites have literally rendered me immobile. But we've only been out here like five minutes. Do you still have that spider? Yeah. Good luck, buddy. Have fun with that. Guys, please be joking. The spider has ran out of flesh on my back and is moving south. Guys? <laughs> well, you can't win a race if you're just spinning your tires. But if you want to spin your own tires with us, or want to get your logo on our proverbial car, you can email us at curtaincallentertainmentinc at gmail.com. That's curtaincallentertainmentinc at gmail.com. Just be sure to put fire pit in the subject line, as well as what you're emailing about, and let us know what's going on. Whether you want to talk about sponsorships, pit stops, tire rotations, or just want to talk about that there ESPN. That email again is curtaincallentertainmentinc at gmail.com, capital C, capital C, capital E, capital I, at gmail.com. Ooh, I'm getting the signal to pull in for a pit stop. That means it must be time to get back to the show. Thank you all for listening, and as always, good luck. And now to check on the team to see how they're enjoying their movie. My goal is one day do this podcast looking like a NASCAR driver with all the fucking sponsorships. All over. <laughs> this week's episode brought to you by the Downtown Brothel. If you want to get your dick wet, look no further than the Downtown Brothel. Because we've got all kinds of women and men who can get your dick wet. And this week we're serving specials on chlamydia. The, the weather outside is frightful, but pissing is not delightful. So... When they say let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, 
They're not talking about frozen ice. They're talking about addiction, crippling addiction. I need to get my next fix. Where is my drug dealer? Why have we not started watching the movie yet? It sounds like they're doing a political thing. Like, you come back, I swear there won't be an investigation like last time. I'm just watching how um, Robert Duvall hasn't aged today since True Grit. He really hasn't. I wonder yeah, if he, he had to dye his hair white for this film. No, he had to dye his hair normal color for True Grit. That's his real hair color. Has been since he was 10. He's not like that Benjamin Button syndrome. That's why I mean, he doesn't Robert Duvall much anymore. I think he's one of the kids on Stranger Things. And he's coming in on a motorcycle. Oh my god. Seriously. Look at this top gun right here. Danger zone. <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. Talk to me, Goose. Ooh, sexual tension. I think we met our Iceman. <laughs> Just need you to chomp at me now and then wow. Jesus Christ, that was the best acting I've ever seen Randy Quaid do. I want Robert Duvall to yell at me while I'm trying to drive a race car. He's totally not reading the lines off screen. Negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Okay, I forgot all about the... I loved some of the one-liners in this. I'd oh forgotten. my god, yes, I'd forgotten all about these. Boy, a hundred laps around a racetrack is something I want to do this afternoon. Dude, in that kind of car, I'd do it. Fuck yeah. I don't know, I just feel like it would get boring after the first, you know, five laps. Well, keep in mind you have a bunch of other guys that are also running in circles with you Not and are trying him. to... him, he's just running the track. He's running the track by himself. This is a practice run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's not racing anybody. He's just driving. Right. Then again, we've never drove a car like that. Maybe it would be a little more exciting. If it were. It'd be like flying a, an F-150. It's like, yeah, you're just flying in a straight circle, in a straight line, oh. but you're driving. Oh, you fly oh. the forward oh. truck. Josh, Josh, Josh. I mean, Dan, Dan, oh. Dan, Dan, Dan. Yes, Dan. The F-150 is a pickup truck made by Ford. I think you mean an F-14, which is a it's jet F-15. plane. F-15. Or F-15. Or F-16. Either way, F-150s don't fly. They fall. If you drop one out of an airplane, it would go right to the ground. But they are not fly. watching Fast and the Furious, Tom. <laughs> I know. I saw... God damn it. You know what I mean. No. The F-150 is not a plane. The F-150 is the F-15A of trucks. Tom wants to be sponsored by Ford. So very much. And yeah. you know what? My my car turned over 100,000 miles. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm just going to shut up and watch the movie now. Yeah, because the movie is sponsored by Chevy. And as a proud owner of a Chevy Volt, they're awesome. Good plug, Josh. The helmets date this movie. Do what? I said the helmets date this movie. As opposed to the Chevy Luminas? Well... <laughs> <laughs> This is intense. Oh, this scene right here, this part oh, coming no, up. Wait. Oh my god. This is what happens after you get off riding the beast. <laughs> People from Ohio listening, this joke is for you. Did he just have the same uh, wardrobe he had from Rain Man? Yes! Oh my god, that is! Holy shit! That is the exact same outfit from Rain Man. Josh, that is a great catch. Now he can't not see it. Oh my god. Yeah, definitely watching out for the door. Definitely watch out for the door. If you give him a thorough examination later, if you uh, catch my drift. And I mean real laundry. 
<laughs> I mean, thorough. <laughs> and Audrey. Oh. What's funny is look at how tall he is compared to her. Oh, look, they're like almost, he's not on anything. He's definitely shorter than her. I crack about his height, but Tom Cruise is a fantastic actor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Size five foot six is average height. Is that all he is? Yes, like, him and no one else here. <laughs> and they got a sponsor! Lucky bastards. We're still trying to get that. How far are we into the movie now? Half, we're a half hour. Wow, this film has been moving fast. You know, can almost say it's racing to the finish. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> oh, no. They treat Daytona like the Super Bowl in this movie. Like, that's the big final race you need to win. But in NASCAR, Daytona is actually the very first race of the year. No shit. Yeah. Daytona is, it is their Super Bowl. The Daytona 500 is the biggest race in NASCAR, but it's the very first race of the year. It's not the last race of the year. And the reason why NASCAR does it that way is because at the very beginning of the year, all the teams and all the cars and all the drivers are at 100%. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it puts on a really good show for the crowd. Mm. Let's be honest. Tom Cruise is no Billy Zane. <laughs> Calm down there, Nigel. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Highway to the danger zone. Gentlemen, this is combat. This is what you were trained for. I've got the need. The need for speed. For for speed. speed. That, was <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. That was garbage. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dead, dead, dead. Very dead. Oh, shit. God, please Super be good dead. for my roll cage. Please be good for my roll cage. <laughs> Come on, tell me you can't get pumped with this soundtrack. Oh, I yeah. am so pumped. Dude, Hans Zimmer really does know how to make a good soundtrack. This movie could actually suck, but by God, the soundtrack makes me want to get out and race cars. Fucking right. I'm about to jump in my PT Cruiser and just challenge everyone at the red light. And now everybody has lost respect for you for uttering the terms, <laughs> my PT Cruiser. <laughs> we have just lost listeners, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Harry, this guy's going down. Fuck yeah, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Footloose. Wait, wrong movie. <laughs> Did he win? He won. Holy shit, he won. Da 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 da. Seriously, am I not right? No, it's 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 beat for beat almost. Yeah, it's definitely a paint by numbers movie. Who gives a shit if it's still painting a masterpiece? You never close your eyes. She closed her eyes. Tom Cruise running in a Tom Cruise film. There we go. Cole Trickle died three weeks later in a car accident. <laughs> this is nothing but fun. And now, back to the episode. <laughs> Let's give a round of applause for this film, guys. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've seen this movie a hundred times, but after five weeks, it's great to end the movie on a high note. Oh, I know. Fucking right. Thank you. Oh.
that was that was a good movie. I enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, like I said, that's why I was looking so forward to this because, like, for the last five weeks, we've watched good movies, but a lot of them were dark. I mean, like, yeah, like Flight of the Phoenix had a good ending, like a good, like happy ending. Stone intense. But a lot movie. of people died to get there. <laughs> yeah, same with Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith has a good ending, but it's a very intense film. Oh, very much so. I mean, that was a story with a moral and like a message. This one was just like, hey, you guys want to see some cars drive real fast? Boom. And that's, oh, oh right, I Thompson. Well, give us, give your, us that summary. Give us yes. that summary and we'll do some final thoughts. Absolutely, gentlemen. All right. Hold on to your butts. All right, so this movie starts off with Robert Duvall uh, playing Harry Hodge. He gets visited by Tim Dolan, played by Randy Quaid. Randy tries to major league him to coach a new NASCAR driver, promising him a new pro that he can build up to top dog. And so they get him, not Michael Rooker, but Tom Cruise as Trickle, who drives in full Top Gun regalia. He may be used to the open wheel, but he figures, hey, what's the difference? This is a stock car. I've seen it on the ESPN. Well, how hard can it be? Well, it turns out pretty damn hard. But after a dozen wrecks and a half hour of montages, he finally wins his first race. And from there, it's up and up. And he's on his way to Daytona. And then Rooker, playing Rowdy, tosses him around and into the wall. And they all wind up in the hospital. But after a wheelchair race and a rental car race, more like Destruction Derby, they wind up as friends. And also, Trickle gets to meet Kidman, who gives him a thorough examination and figures, yeah, that Trickle, that's a stream right there. But unfortunately, after the wreck, Trickle's been shaken, and Rooker's character, Rowdy, has been stirred. So, Tim Dolan, Randy Quaid, replaces him with Yules, who plays Russ Wheeler, um, who they dismiss at first, but pisses Cruz off so much, Trickle, excuse me, that he just pounds right into him right after the win. So he's fired, along with Duvall and the entire team. But with Rowdy now unable to race due to brain injury, he gives his keys to Trickle. And with uh, Duvall, Harry Hodge, they go to Daytona to exact winning revenge, and they soar to some top gun, and Cruz wins, and it ends with Duvall and Cruz having a, um, a Rocky Three race to the finish line. And technically there wasn't a race in top. You know what I mean. Ah, oh, guys. Oh, guys. Nigel, I tip my hat to you. This was great. And so I want then to hear your final thoughts first. Tell us what you thought of this film after the 15th, the, your t- chance seeing it. Sorry, I'm really excited. This film well, got me pumped. You know what I'm going to say? I said in my early expectations that this movie was one of my guilty pleasures. It has been upgraded to just pleasure. I will no longer take guilt in enjoying this film because this movie is just fun. It's a fun just a little over 90 minutes. It's doesn't waste any time. I mean, the movie gets to the point really quick and that's what I love about it. It's and, and it doesn't try to be anything. It's not, it's like, this is race cars and guys driving race cars and that's it. There doesn't need to be anything else. We're not going to, this movie doesn't need a political message. This movie doesn't need a moral message. This movie doesn't need anything. It's just race cars and women and, Daytona and moonshine and yeah, Tom Cruise. Like, <laughs> what else? 
What else do you need? You know, buy your ticket. Here's your popcorn. Sit your ass down for 90 minutes and just enjoy it. And that's what I did. And I, I love this movie. It really is Top Gun with race cars. It has a lot of the same story beats as Top Gun. In fact, um, it almost is beat for beat Top Gun. I mean, Tom Cruise kind of sort of plays Maverick. I mean, again, um, he's a little bit different, though, in this movie. And that I think we noticed it while we were watching that because this movie was made four years after Top Gun and Tom Cruise had been in some movies with Dustin Hoffman and he's in Born on the Fourth of July. Um, Oliver Stone directed that movie. And he'd been around some other actors, got some other acting chops. He emotes a lot better in this movie than he did in Top Gun. Like the quiet drama moments feel right because he's actually emoting the right emotion on screen and he's doing it well well enough to be believed whereas like in top gun remember like after goose died we were noticing like older tom cruise could probably cry at this scene but young tom cruise could just breathe really heavy you know and like this one now he doesn't have a scene in this movie where he cries but he definitely has scenes in this movie where he emotes a lot better than he did in top gun so it was kind of nice to see a quote-unquote older tom cruise a more acting mature tom cruise and i think that makes this movie a just as enjoyable as Top Gun, if not more so, because he's a little bit better. He's also surrounded by a lot of really good actors in this movie, like he was in Top Gun. I really liked, um, uh, well, Russ. Russ was a great villain, even though he hardly says anything. But, man, you fucking hate his guts when he shows up. And I thought um, Rooker's character, uh, Rowdy. I thought Rowdy was a really good um, foil at first, but then he became a begrudging friend. It's almost like they split the Iceman character into two people. They took the, all the douchebag stuff from Iceman and gave it to Russ and put him in the latter half of the movie. And all the begrudging respect that Iceman had and the fact that Iceman was actually a really good pilot in Top Gun, they gave that to Rowdy because Rowdy's also a really good driver, but he's a little rough around the edges. So I enjoyed that. But I think to say, the, and I don't want to take too much of Josh's thoughts, but my, my biggest takeaway was I loved the interaction between Robert Duvall and Tom Cruise. They played off each other really well. But I'm gonna, so all I'm going to say right now, because I think Josh wanted to talk about that, but first, I want to get to Tom's final thoughts. And I think they're going to be positive. You are not wrong, Nigel. I love the hell out of this film. Oh, my God. I, I expected that I would have fun with this, but it's joyous <laughs> fun. I acknowledge that Aquaman was a bad film, but enjoyable. This, I, I don't even say this is a bad film. Yeah, it was basic, sure. I mean, it was absolutely paint-by-numbers Top Gun, but you know what? They did it well. They did it absolutely great. If I was a NASCAR fan, yeah, I would be pissed off. But because I had no knowledge about NASCAR and all the ways they were doing it wrong, I could appreciate what they were doing awesomely. And that's the difference between this film and other basic films was the competence. It didn't just know what it was. It knew what the audience wanted from it and how to give up to him. It was paced perfectly. And I do mean that pun intentionally. Knew when to speed up, knew when to slow down, and knew when to coast. It's just, oh my God. I would, I'm honestly, I want, I would watch this film again. This isn't just a laundry folding film. It was a delicious popcorn film with extra butter. Uh, and I think I appreciate it even more watching it now than I would have in 1990. And mm, I think in another 10, 20 years, I'm going to appreciate it even more. It's just, oh my God. I, I wish I could give more in-depth, like technical reasons why it's so good. 
but it's it's not really a technical film. It's there's nothing really deep about this film. Now, Tom Cruise's motivation is I want to race fast and win. That's his whole motivation. There's nothing deeper than that for any of them, except for maybe Duvall's character. It's like he's trying to redeem himself because he had lost a driver before. But other than that, this was so cathartic. This was a opening the window and laying that first air of spring into the apartment it was so good josh what do you think though hated it fuck you (laughs) (laughs) sorry i I took i took the swing that time no i (laughs) i I mentioned in my uh expectations how i wanted to watch this movie to see how much of it is nostalgia driven because i loved this movie as a kid i i I genuinely loved this movie I, i told you guys like when i watched this movie as a kid i ran down the street and i rented the first nascar game i could find but i'd have to say that it definitely lives up to those nostalgic feelings i had about it so it's like dan said it's not a guilty pleasure it's a pleasure i forgot how much i enjoyed this movie i forgot how good it got going and i am honestly genuinely surprised neither of you mentioned anything about the soundtrack when you gave your uh final thoughts because oh my god hans zimmer was amazing in this film i think that you could have put any movie in this and add the soundtrack would have made it a hundred times better like i think that the music definitely added to the intensity and the thrill you could have watched doe rise to that soundtrack and it would have been exciting mm-hmm. but i'm not saying that that means that it was you know a beautifully wrapped turd no this was a good movie i mean if you want to boil it down to the plot it was a simple simple very shallow plot with shallow characters but the way that it was executed was beautifully done it's like I was going to do a gunshot uh, metaphor, but then I realized that we're coming off of Westerns and that I probably don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I think it, I think it's still thematically fair. I think right. I'll allow it. Well, it's like, okay, so a quick draw, just target shooting with a gun is fairly simple, but it can be built up as exciting. So <laughs> you fire from the hip and you shoot the target, and you hit bullseye. Fairly simple, but how it's executed can be done very, very exciting. And I felt like this movie was a freaking bullseye. That definitely the way they played off characters and the way they built them up. It was 80s-esque and that it opened with a montage. This movie hit the ground running. From the opening scene, boom, 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 boom. It just beat after beat after beat. It did slow down a bit during the middle, but I think that was good for exposition, for character building. You got to see during the montage that Rowdy and Cole were headbutting, you know, Rowdy was the obvious antagonist at the very beginning. And then you had to see them fight each other after their accident. Then you had to see them fight each other uh, in the racetrack. I mean, like from the hospital to the rental cars, and then they couldn't take it out anymore on the tracks. The way that dynamic played was just, it was beautifully done to the point where they like, the villain became the friend, became the partner type thing, you know? Yeah. And like, I trust you. I want you to drive my car type thing. Yeah, the old rival's like, oh, the only one worthy enough to beat me is you. They're yeah. the only one to worthy enough to take my place. And again, like Tom said, this is a paint-by-numbers film. Beat for beat, you could predict this movie. But it's not about being able to predict this movie. It's about how the movie is played out, how it progresses, how it's done. It's like, I'll use this argument. I know a lot of people don't like the movie Avatar. But I don't think that the story in Avatar is what made Avatar so popular. I think that it's everything else about the film, the soundtrack, the 3D, how well the 3D was done at the time, the acting, 
and just the attention to detail in that film. And I think this plays into it as well. Not attention to detail for NASCAR, because Tom and I have zero knowledge about NASCAR. And I know some of our longer listeners know that I am very fluent in all things sports related. It's like Dan says, don't pinch a, a smart hitter, especially at the last right. touchdown of the final inning. That's not at all what I said, but... Um... <laughs> but, uh, like, I think our ignorance in NASCAR made this movie better. Because we didn't know what we're supposed to be hating or what they're doing wrong, that it was just raw fun. And mm -hmm. yes, it was a good time. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. And I know I paid attention the whole time. I didn't pick up my phone once. Also, just to add to your thoughts, do you think it's the fact that there were practical effects in this that added to the enjoyment? Uh, I think I so. I, I think the fact yeah. that a lot of the movie was filmed either during actual races that season in NASCAR, mm -hmm. or they did use some like stock footage of NASCAR races, and they did creative editing with the cars and stuff like that. And I know that some of it, they really did race them and all that. So I think that added to it. I, I definitely think the fact that this wasn't a CG fest. And the cars, because they were using real cars and, and filming real races, the cars behaved realistically. Um, mm -hmm. added well, I think to with it. technology... Like, if they were to make this today, you wouldn't be able to tell a difference between uh, car CG and real practical effects. Because, I mean, you know, 90% of car commercials today are CG. They're not real cars. They're computer generated. It's like we've gotten down to a science digitally recreating, you know, metal surfaces or non-organic surfaces. That's why, like, Iron Man's armor in the later Marvel movies looks so real, even though it's 100% CG. Because we've gotten that shit down. Like, even close-ups. They could do straight close-ups, and it looks 100% real. But going back to that, I honestly think that you'd get more dynamic shots if this was, say, made more recently, because the technology would be good enough. But I do think that the limitations of the practical effects does add to the movie. Definitely in a positive <laughs> way. Definitely adds to it. So it's like, you have an accident. It's got to be a real accident. You know, I'm going to backtrace that a little bit. I do think that the cars racing around the track could be done in CG and look perfectly fine. The accidents would definitely look computer generated. And to that so, point, too, the directors would not be able to help themselves. They would cartoon those wrecks so much. Would, it would just would. be a spinning car. It would be flipping in midair. And Burning all that bullshit. in flames or something, yeah. So, yeah, I, I will backtrack that a little bit on that. Yeah, statement. I, I do think that this movie benefited from the lack of CG. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, maybe if this movie was made today, they could CG and it would still look good 10, 15, to 20, 30 years from now. But if they had CG'd this in the 90s, it would have aged as well. Oh, yeah, this was <laughs> three years before Terminator 2. Yeah, but Terminator 2 is different. It's Terminator 2 is a special effects heavy movie, but they knew when to use the special yeah. effects. I think if Chris Nolan directed this movie, because I'm only saying that because I know he has a very ambiguous way of implementing CG effects. Like Batman Begins had a lot of CG, but you never noticed it because it was so subtle. I think if a director like him made this movie, it would be very fantastic. You can't remake this film. I mean, you watch watch oh, any no. of the modern Fast and the Furious films. They cannot they can't not just cartoon it up with the CG. This film was so good because they had to work around all the wrecks in the improv. Like, Tom Cruise wrecked a car. It's like, well, shit, that's in the film now. These things are happening, and 
perfectionism would just ruin the flavor. So in like 50 years, people are going to look at this film like a classic. Like, man, they don't make films like they did back in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. Can we just take a minute and talk about the chemistry between Robert Duvall and Tom Cruise, though? Yes, please. Yes, please. Lead the way, Josh. I was going to say, the, the two of them did such a great job of building their mentorship from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. By the end of the movie, we felt like we earned that mentorship, you know? Yeah. It didn't come off as forced, and it didn't come off as lazy writing. Like, they didn't just become friends to become friends, because that's what the script says they need to do. There were some genuine moments in the movie where, like, are they ever going to like each other, you know? All the actors, too, I was noting, like, they all kind of made that transition to heroes and villains. In fact, Quaid, for example, in the beginning where he's, like, showing up at Duvall's farm, like, come on, buddy, I'll give you a chance. I liked Quaid, but then they naturally transitioned Quaid into a villain. And you just, you hated him as much as you liked him in the beginning. And they didn't make him like kick a puppy or anything else, else like that, really. He was still the same Quaid. It's just, you saw, oh, he's an asshole after all. Rooker, too. Like, not just, he, well, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but even going back to Quaid, I'm not sure if you caught that part in the scene, but remember the engine on their mellow yellow car? Mm hmm. He gave them a, an engine. Just, it wasn't their team, but he gave them the engine. So it's like, you got to hate him. And then they twisted that around on you again and made him a good guy again. It was because of him they were able to race in that last race, and he helped them beat him. Mm -hmm. And it was so good. The quality of acting. Everyone elevated yeah. everyone. Duvall elevated Cruz. Cruz elevated um, Kidman, who elevated Rooker. Who elevated... Everyone just helped one another. Yeah. yeah, it's like they say acting is the art of reacting, and I would have to say that this movie definitely shows that mm -hmm. now you were going to say something well i was just going to say that entire crew that was duvall's crew and then cole uh cruz's character you know he's kind of like the odd man out at first but they come to accept him mm -hmm. and i just thought it was very natural the way it kind of progressed the way they all became his friend his buddy and all that and i, I don't know i just and maybe that part of that is because Tom Cruise and Robert Duvall played off each other so flipping well in this movie that it was like, it's probably one of the best mentor-teacher relationships I've ever seen in film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like it's like Obi-Wan and Luke deep. Like, yeah. I know it's not this, it doesn't have the same stakes. You know, Cole Trickle's not going to save the galaxy. But mm -hmm. it's still like a very deep teacher-student kind of relationship. And it just comes off really natural in this film. You know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't go as far as to say that. But then again, the Luke and um, Obi-Wan mentorship didn't become deeper until it was revealed that, you know, Vader was a father. It was as deep as it hey, needed to be. Hey, spoilers now. Oh, my apologies. I'll edit that out in post. He but it's post. <laughs> spoilers, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree, though. It worked. Their mentorship worked. The only part that was forced was like in the middle where they're going over the cards and Duvall's pushing them in. It's like, you shouldn't race. It'll kill you like it did my other guy. Rawr. That was the lower part. But right uh, before the last race. Yeah, I thought that they didn't need that at all, but I get it. They had to add emotion to the movie in some capacity, but Duvall knows how to bring emotion. He's the star in any film, even if he's not the star in that film. Yeah, I think that scene was important because they'd been leading up to what happened to the driver before and then not mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to get investigated. They needed to tell that story, but I'll yeah. agree. That was probably the low of this film. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I think the one important scene in this film is the point when, between the interactions between Robert Duvall and uh, Tom Cruise, I think the one key point to their relationship in this film is the scene where they're in the bar, and then Tom C- Cole Trickle basically shows his vulnerability and telling him, I just knew how to race a car. I don't know all this terminology type stuff. I think that was the key scene to their relationship in this movie because that showed his vulnerable side, and then that allowed that trust to build up. Us, as the audience, was able to see that vulnerability, that precious scene between the two of them that would be unbeknownst to anybody else on the team. But Mm -hmm. that was the part where their relationship shifted to being a mentor-mentee relationship. Like, because we saw they were constantly butting heads before that. It's like, I want you to go out there and hit the pace car. And then he's like, why do you want to do that? Because you're hitting everything else out there. I just want you to get everything, you know? I want you to be perfect. (laughs) I want you to be perfect. That's I think that's the keystone scene for them. For us as the audience and them as their interactions, they went from being... I'm going to, this is the third time I've said this, but that's the scene where he became the mentor. Minor arcs that built into a larger narrative. The minor arc of them coming together as a team, minor arc of Tom Cruise and um, Rooker's character coming together, the minor arc of Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman becoming a thing. It all played together. They did. They did. Like I said, I think if you took that scene out, then their relationship would feel forced. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And I, I agree with Tom there, too, when he said minor arcs, just the little tiny arcs mm-hmm. that the, 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 the overall narrative of the stories kept going. But, like, I guess if the whole entire movie would have been about just Cole needing to win at Daytona to redeem mm-hmm. Robert Duvall's character, it would have been kind of a boring film. But the fact that they kept that overall narrative that they need to win Daytona or they want to win Daytona, but they kept having like every 15, 20 minutes of the movie was a different arc. Like every 20 minutes is like, oh, let's build the mentor relationship. And then now let's make peace with our enemy through begrudging respect. And oh, now let's build the love interest. And now let's have a slight falling out with the mentor. But really it wasn't a slight falling out. It was more like a loud argument. Mm-hmm. And then... Now we win Daytona. Every 20 minutes, the movie was going through a different story arc. It was and taking a also introduced the uh, new antagonist. I still stand by my first statements. The characters in this film are shallow. However, I don't think this is a character-driven movie. I think this is a relationship-driven movie. Like Relationship between the characters is what drives this movie. I would absolutely agree, yes. Yeah, same here. I agree. I mean, it's just, oh my God. I, this is a film that everyone on IMDb pans for being shallow and paint by numbers. And here we are having one of the deeper conversations we've had about a film in a while, it's including when we saw Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. What well, does that like say about the film? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's one of those movies that. I want to say, like, remember Starship Troopers when we had that conversation? Was that like episode five? Yeah. We realized that, yes, it is a popcorn film on its surface. But if you just, you know, shed away a few layers, you realize that there's a lot more depth to the story. And I Mm -hmm. think that this one necessarily, you're not going to find any depth to the story because the story and the characters are incredibly shallow. And I think, especially if you know anything about NASCAR, that's just going to bring down your opinion of the film because you're not going to see anything else other than those glaring issues our ignorance allows us to see past those yeah i was saying that to tom before we started recording that my my dad actually once said that this movie is about as realistic to nascar as gi joe was realistic to army life like and i think it's just not realistic at all yeah (laughs) exactly our ignorance makes us be able to peel away that 
peel away the shallowness of the plot, the shallowness of the characters to really unveil and like deconstruct this movie and see what it really is about. It's about these relationships between all of the characters and how well that they play off of each other. And honestly, you couldn't recreate this movie without this cast either. Mm -hmm. These characters all had amazing chemistry. So mm -hmm. you couldn't just throw any random actors into this movie and use the same formula. I think that casting was important. And I think that, th again, we've said this is a paint-by-numbers movie. The story wasn't what was told in this movie. Hemingway would put it as, this was well-made bread. There wasn't anything special. There wasn't anything wow to it. It was just really well done. Basic, but well done. And mm -hmm. yeah, tasty as hell. And I love me some bread. Mmm. And I think at the end of the day, the most important part of this movie, and I think this is the most important part of most movies, all three of us had fun watching it. We had exactly. fun watching it. And now we're we're done with the movie. We've seen it, but we're still talking about how much fun we had watching the movie. And that's what you really want. I mean, I'm not saying the other movies we've watched the last five weeks weren't good. We watched some masterpieces in Mr. Smith and other movies, but I wouldn't say I had fun watching a lot of them. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> Mr. Smith's a great film, but it's also very deep. You're not having fun while you're watching it. You may be being entertained, but being entertained doesn't always equal having fun. I, and I know, Josh, I know we had different opinions on um, True Grit, but like I was being entertained while I was watching True Grit, but I wasn't necessarily having fun while I was watching True Grit. Mm -hmm. But this movie, I was doing both. I was being entertained and having fun. And that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted out of this movie. That's what I wanted out of this kind of movie. You know, this was made in 1990. And 1988 to 1992, there was like a lot of like really fun movies made in that short time span. Because this is like the same time span as 89 Batman, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Days of Thunder. Like, these are fun movies. These are movies you just have fun while you're watching them. Mm. I agree. And honestly, I enjoyed hearing Tom talk about the movie as we were watching it. Because yes, because he hadn't seen it. You could genuinely hear the excitement that he was having while watching the movie. Oh my well, god, yes. He was, he was getting ready to shit all over it when he goes, man, they're just introducing Cruz's character. I don't even like him. I missed all the exposition on why they explained who he was. I don't, and then I, you can, I, I had this feeling that like, Tom's getting ready to shit all over this movie. And then, like, the next scene when he's racing or whatever, Tom goes, I like this movie. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 there was nothing, no reason to like Cruz in the beginning. He came in, they didn't yeah. give him, like, any introduction to his character except what they were talking about him. And then he comes in all cocky, like, he owns the place. I was looking forward to Rooker more than him. And no, they made me like him. They, through action and not just telling, they convinced me, like, okay, they're building him up. I like him now. I want him to win at yeah. the end. Yeah, you started to say that almost right after the pace car scene. When he said, I want you to go hit the pace car. And he goes, because you hit everything else on this track. I just want you to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you were like, I like this film. <laughs> yeah. We watched and, him come up. And he wasn't cocky and arrogant. He was just... He was, what did you say, Josh? Or it was like, he was the author surrogate. We were all being introduced to NASCAR through Cruz. Yeah, he was the audience surrogate. I say that because and I was parroting what you have said in past films. Like None of us went in knowing what NASCAR was, much like Cruz and like NASCAR. We got hard lessons. Yeah, so that's, that's I think that's the big takeaway that we're going with this week, is we had fun watching this film, and the movie's over, and we are still talking about how much fun we have. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. And just one last thing, Hans Zimmer. Mwah. Yes. Oh, I just can't get past that. But anywho, that definitely does it for tonight's show. But as a reminder, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
because we're everywhere now. So be sure <laughs> to like and subscribe. We do appreciate it, and it definitely helps us out. So thank you, if you have already. And for those who have or have not yet joined, you can also join us on Discord and have some fun interacting with us, talking amongst some of our other fledgling fans. You can suggest movie paths or give us some feedback. And you can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, because as Josh said, we are everywhere and there as well. Yeah, still working on the Twitter thing. I'm, I'm trying to get down with the youngins and use it more often. I've been better about the Facebook. Anyways, uh, but if you want to reach out to us old school, you can email us, uh, mentioned back in the interspersal of the show. You can talk sponsorships, uh, feedback, any other submissions. Uh, links to the email and all of our social media is in the episode's description at firepit.podbean.com. And I'd like to give a special shout out to Tim! He said he was listening to it in the car the other day, and he was a little surprised by his uh, shout-out when I gave him one on our, uh, what, two weeks ago? So I just wanted to do that again to him. So thank you for listening, Tim. We appreciate it. And as always, a shout-out to my beautiful wife. She wasn't too happy because I came and recorded the episode and chose you two jokers over her tonight. I love you, and don't divorce me. I, I, I couldn't do better. <laughs> we love you, Josh, as well. <laughs> oh, shoot, I'm on mute. Okay, that's why... <laughs> Oi vey, oi vey. Okay. I was wondering, it's like, Tom. <laughs> I also want to give a special shout out to Laura, a friend of mine who recently uh, started listening, who texted me and said that she knows that we've mentioned Spider-Man a few times. And as a Spidey fan, she approves. So thank you, Laura. I also want to give a special shout out to some of our new Facebook followers, Joshua and Trey. Thanks for joining us by the fire. We've uh, hopefully kept it warm for you. And for all of our other Facebook followers who are more and more each day, uh, thanks for joining us. And for anyone else, thanks for keeping those fire pits burning. Awesome. And I, as always, give a special shout out to Peggy, friend of the channel, the OG friend of the channel. Uh, appreciate you listening to the show. I love some of your ideas after uh, your feedback after you listen to an episode. It's always appreciated. Also, special shout out to longtime listener and Discord user Danielle. I know that you recently had an operation, and I'm glad that the fire pit is helping in your recovery. We're not actually doing anything to help you heal, but we're glad we're entertaining you while you're bedridden. So, humor thank you for heals listening. the soul. Humor does heal the soul, and hopefully, it heals you as well seriously get well soon we always appreciate the feedback and thanks for listening so nigel what sarcophagus are we opening and unwrapping for next week's movie hey i thought i had the next line well josh next week we're watching the 2017 remake of the mummy hey on I'm serious am i my mic is my mic muted again can you hear me guys well that's all we have for this week i've been josh and i've and been I'm dan seriously can anyone hear me Stay safe out there. Stay safe out there. God this damn is a it. Production of Curtain Call Entertainment, LLC. Good luck out there. So actually, oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> it's finally happening. Quick, grab your meteorites. <laughs> Oh, God. I feel like something's burning inside me. <laughs> yes! My plan is working! Let it flow through. I can feel it now, too! Oh, God! The power! The power! 
the power! Acute case of E. coli. Likely from handling bad food or something along those lines. You're incidentally my fourth case today. Some bastard's been solidifying waste treatment runoff and selling it as magic meteorites. Can you believe what some people will fall for? <clears throat> I mean, you know. <clears throat> oh, a nurse will be by to get you some antibiotics. I recommend you drink lots of fluids and stay away from salty things. Hmm. Nice tan, by the way. Thanks! Screw this! Let's just pretend to be superheroes. Agreed. Can our team overcome this digestive diversion? Will deception be what the doctor ordered? And what of Tom's credit ratings? Find out next time. Same Firefit time, same Firefit channel.